You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast with Vincenzo Landino. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the Brand Boost Podcast. It was fun rapping with you yesterday about FOMO marketing. Um, how you doing today? Well, um, no new FOMO to report. Thankfully, there is no new app or something that's going to drive me crazy or no new product feature release like we saw earlier this week. Thank you. Because yes. then you wouldn't be paying attention to me. Yes, I would have all three of my devices doing something else. So yes, I am all yours. Excited to be back. Thanks for having me back. Hey, I uh, I heard or slash saw that you got the new Samsung device. Is that true? That is true. I have a Galaxy S7 Edge in my possession. Can you tell me more about this Galaxy X S7 Edge? Or tell the listeners, not even me, but tell, tell us all about it. It's uh, pretty interesting. You know, I've always been, you know, the reason I, the letter case I is in my Twitter handle is I'm an Apple fanboy. So I product, so I social fans is because I love Apple products, but I've also loved Android devices and, and what they bring and the, you know, the idea that they're open and there's so many possibilities. And so when I, I, with, you know, I'm the, the founder of a company called Backlamp and we help brands build strategies to embrace uh, new technologies like virtual reality, live streaming, video, Snapchat, and so on. And I really wanted to have a device on multiple different networks um, so that if I go somewhere and it's bad AT&T, I have T-Mobile or Verizon. So I now have three devices and uh, I wanted to get an Android device. And I tell you what, the, the Samsung S7, it's taken me a little bit used to the Android uh, software. I haven't had an Android probably in three years or so, um, but the camera on it is amazing. Um, I do believe I get my new VR system, which was part of their, their rebate coming in very soon. So yes, um, I, I'm enjoying it. Now, I do always say that. Uh, Android users should be used to waiting because they always have to wait for everything. And it is frustrating not having like Facebook Live on there and not having some of the things that I've just been so spoiled as an Apple primary user. But um, I'm periscoping from it. I'm Snapchatting from it. So uh, it's a pretty sweet little device. The camera is is amazing. So will we see possibly Sam social fans soon? <laughs> or yeah, it's, I guess it has to be like Galaxy fans. Ooh. Galaxy. Galaxy social. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, well, speaking of Snapchatting and, and live streaming, uh, yesterday we talked about FOMO marketing. There's a few things you said about some potential app releases and whatnot, or app releases that did come out. Um, or maybe you just said that. I don't even remember. All the days are flowing into one another anymore. Like, I just, I, I can't believe we're in April already. It's just social media marketing world is coming up in like two weeks. It's just, it's crazy. So, Snapchat released something earlier this week or last week, whenever it was. And I know you were super excited about it, which we talked about already on the podcast. We had that two-hour Snapchat event. Myself, uh, Amy Schmidauer, you. We had people like Joel Kahn and Carlos Gill pop on. So we've already talked about Chat 2.0. Tell us about something else that you noticed that happened with Snapchat. Yeah, you know. You told me about. I didn't even notice it. So yeah, for me, you know, I love to look at like what the what certain trends are telling me, right? And and Snapchat surprised the heck out of me as when that release came out because um, they didn't need it. Um, let's face it, their numbers are growing, the buzz around them are growing, not just in marketing circles, but the amount of videos consumed. Um, but they, I mean, this is a point release, Chat 2.0. That's a big release. But I wanted to be like, okay, what are they doing? And plus, I was scared. I was afraid they were gonna change the format, not understand their users, um, because they've done an amazing job of really, you know, sticking with the limitations, knowing how people want to consume things. And I thought they did an amazing job of all of those things. But there was something else that really I started digging into, and the more I dug into it, the more I was blown away. Is I think Snapchat's pushing the limits and pushing 
what we will see other apps and other social networks do in that they're now giving us a home for our ultimate social collaboration. And stick with me here for a second, even if you're not a Snapchat user, but we are now able to open a link within Snapchat that opens up in a Snapchat browser. It no longer takes you to Chrome or Safari. When you want to be on the phone with somebody, I was snapping back and forth with a friend of ours, uh, you know, Mark from Dot Live um, from the domains today. Yep. And uh, I was snapping back and forth and he said, okay, I'm going to call you. And he called me within the Snapchat app. And before it went from Twitter conversation to Twitter DM to probably exchanging email addresses. Then on email, you decide if it's going to be a calendar invite, you're going to jump on Skype or you're going to get on a Google Hangout or how are we going to have this conversation or what's your phone number. Um, now, Snapchat, not only video chat, you can make a little gifts inside of the windows that are all there. The stickers are now presented. You can now, you know, the links are clickable. You're able to even share your URL link directly from the app out to the other social networks. I believe what actually Snapchat is doing is they're actually giving, you know, Snapchat is already an amazing time suck in the idea that you can really get involved and you can really spend a lot of time engaging in personalization. But I think what Snapchat has done that is really changing the game is I think Snapchat is actually going to establish what new social media, what new social collaboration is by keeping everything within their ecosystem. So now when you open links, when you video chat, when you share pictures, when you collaborate, all of that is happening in the Snapchat app and it's not leaving. To me, that is extremely telling and kudos to Snapchat for kind of owning that because Facebook Live, you have to use the Facebook Pages app. Periscope, which is owned by Twitter, you have to use a Periscope app that then shares to Twitter. I think we have enough apps. I believe we want to stay where we're at. And as soon as I leave the app, the shiny you know, object FOMO uh, distractions of the world will probably get me outside of Snapchat. But the fact I'm opening and living with in that all within the app, I think that is genius. It's amazing that these things are not even talked about, right? Like a lot of this, a lot of people talked about the chat feature and that was a huge, like, wow, the new chat and blah, 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 blah. But the seamless stories was huge. What you did, all, everything that you just said is huge. Um, and we know there's a lot of naysayers, right? And I'm, I'm not here to like call out naysayers because that's not what I want to do, but we know there's a lot of naysayers to snapchat that it's not a good marketing tool right so the reason why you are here is to explain why you think snapchat in its current iterations and its current little desktop things that you've seen and and everything else why is it a good marketing tool not just for the fomo marketing not just for those that understand marketing not just for those of us that are marketers, but why is it something that brand brands and brand marketers need to understand for their customers, for their clients' customers, for their clients' client? Why? So I think there's three words that come to mind there when we're talking about the why here. And I think those three words are the definition of why Snapchat is so powerful. And it's personalization, it's storytelling. And it's access, personalization, storytelling, access. And the reason I say those three is because we've all understood, like I can guarantee every marketer that's listening to this right now has used those words. It's either on your website, it's in your strategy, you're understanding, how do we personalize our content? How do we personalize our engagement? How do we tell our brand story? How do we reach out to people? How do we amplify our story? And then the third one is, 
how do I give people access and understand, you know, we want to show we care. We want to show them that we're listening. We want to give them access to we, we're a great company. Well, guess what? All of those things are possible on other platforms. They're very disjointed. And let's face it, it's a noisy social world. But if you want to give someone access into experiences, people, products, and be real and raw, which I think every brand, I don't care if you're industry. I mean, someone threw out mortuary the other day and I gave someone 10 different examples of how a mortuary business could actually leverage Snapchat. And really it comes down to this element of you can personalize the conversations. I don't you want can to kill the conversation here. So we're not going to go into that, but yeah, I know, but, um, but you know, like, and not only you can tell your story, you can, you can share your story, you can engage and you can, you know, you can hopefully provide some of that real raw um, content. But also that word access. I cannot stress the word access enough because let's face it, when you're a brand, you're getting thousands and thousands of at mentions, thousands and thousands of comments on your Facebook page. But I will ask you this, are people commenting because they have something to say and want to hear from you? Or are they just commenting because they want to be seen by other people, by their friends? Like, oh my goodness, Coca-Cola liked my Facebook post or I just said, good job. Well, those, that's the hard part for us. How do we, how do we focus our time? And the reason I'm telling brands and the reason I do it myself, Snapchat's the first app I open in the morning and the first one I, the last one I close at night is because when people comment, it's a one-to-many relationship when you post. Everybody who's following you sees your post. When they reply back, it's a one-to-one conversation. Why does that matter? People are then commenting to you, the brand, for the most part, for, where they have something to say, they have something to add, and that conversation means something. Therefore, if you had to prioritize your time to replying to pointless Facebook page comments. And I'm a Facebook fan. I'm not telling you not to use Facebook, but I'm just saying prioritizing your time where, hey, I really want to make a difference. I want to turn somebody into an advocate. I want to show them that we're listening. Do you want to do one of those things? Or even when you re- at reply from your brand handle, we all know that there's some, you know, who we actually, we don't know. Is it an agency? Is it an employee? Is it the CMO? Who's replying back? Well, on Snapchat, there's no automation. There's no faking it. And you give people like that 10 second raw engagement. Hey, thanks so much for your comment. We're going to look into it. We'll probably add it to our product roadmap. Showing the, the, the product manager's face or your community manager's face or your CMO. I got, I got a snap back from a CMO the other day of a very large Fortune 100 company. Snap me back. The CMO did it. And I can tell you, I am an advocate for that company for that reason alone, because that's personalization. That's showing you care. And the, my question to them simply was, I would love to know why you guys haven't addressed this feature, uh, an issue with this feature on your website. And he grabbed the thing 10 seconds and told me, hey, we understand it's there. We just don't have an answer that we're comfortable with. We're going to roll something out very soon to educate our, our community. Bam, right there. Not only did he turn me into an advocate, but I'm not going to go bitch about it on all other platforms or go complain everywhere else because I got a personalized, raw, real engagement and I got access to someone I could not get anywhere else. To me, that's opened my eyes on Snapchat. And for those that are listening, Vincenzo can tell you, I was not a fan. Enzo was one of the ones that was on there before. I, I'm a FOMO guy. I got on this and got true. off. And I was not a fan of it when it didn't have stories, when it didn't have a lot of things that it has today. But then I started listening and studying. And I can tell you, it's part of every one of the brand strategies that we're working with at Backlamp because that ele- the element of access and that storytelling piece that I just talked about is such an important piece of standing out from the noise in 2016. Yeah, Enzo doesn't get as... Enzo doesn't get the credit, guys, but remember, you listen to me for a reason. <laughs> um, hey, I, I'm preaching right here. Brian, okay, so here's, a, here's kind of a hard pill to swallow, maybe for you. You were on the Periscope game. You were on the live video game. 
not even a year ago. Why are you pressing on Snapchat so hard now? And tell us what similarities and what differences there are between Snapchat and Periscope. Because some people will say some people are throwing Snapchat into the live video game. I don't. I'm not personally one of those. Although I do see the the cases where there are similarities. But you're the expert. I want to hear from you. I love it. No, and it's a great question. And, and you know, it's it's one that it's, it's taking me a little bit to understand. I actually throw Snapchat in the social video game, but it's not a it's not a live streaming app, right? I believe social video is this piece that is really the driving force. And what social video is compared to live streaming is the comments, the questions, the 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 engagement back and forth, the the fact that you're talking with people, right? Like that is what social video is. And I think you have all different kinds of that. I think Instagram moving to 60 seconds, that latest news that they just came out with them. I think that's a social video element because you're having a conversation on video and then you're, you're engaging the comments below. There's this element where live streaming ultimately is when we're watching the NCAA basketball game on true TV and they just happen to live stream syndicated, right? That's what right. I think of live streaming. So social video, and this is a great question because I believe so much of what I talked about before, authenticity and storytelling and relating with your audience. And when you have to relate with your audience, there's two things here that you really have to take into account. How do I talk with them? And how do I understand them and empower them to have a voice? And the thing about Snapchat that is, is I actually, now that I'm all in on Snapchat, I actually live stream or Periscope less, but I have more success and my content's more valuable. And the reason that is, is because I'm able to tell parts of the story and give real raw engagement, crowdsourcing, and conversations on Snapchat throughout an entire day that ultimately allows me to understand my audience better so that when I periscope the next day or the end of that day, I now have, I understand I've listened to my Snapchat audience through conversations and snapping back and forth to where I can provide more value on live stream because the dis, I always say this, the, the reason startups um, have more advocates is because the distance between their CEO and their customer base is shorter than, a, than an enterprise, right? Well, the distance between you and your community on Snapchat is shorter than what it is on live stream because they can, I mean, I, I can put a face on all the people that are on there. I mean, it's part of the reason why I like Blab as well is people can jump into the screen. So for me, what I'm actually found is I wish Periscope would have the cameo feature. You know, you and I were both early, early Meerkat users. We, yeah, I think Periscope needs it. I think we need to give a face to empower our community users. But until it does, I can tell you, I'm driving, mo I'm, I'm crowdsourcing conversation through Snapchat. I'm, I'm creating value and, and, and delivering a live stream social video on Periscope. And I'm letting people know at the end to ask questions and comments and let me hear their video question on Snapchat. So it's almost turned into a cycle now. And I think the old school way of talking at or say that you're talking with, but you're just broadcasting and you're not listening. I think that's why we have too much noise on live stream. And we have too many people just blurting things out. And because of, you know, this is my tagline on, on Snapchat, limitations inspire creativity. And I believe the creativity required on Snapchat now really makes a brand raw and real and gives you that amazing access. And I can now leverage, you know, I can leverage that for my email marketing campaigns. I can leverage, I think Snapchat is the, is the ultimate, you know, let's say it's a equalizer for bringing you, your story, your brand, your message, your sales and understanding what your audience relates with and wants. If you start talking about a product and all the questions are asking about something that you did not discuss, guess what? That should probably be on your notes. It should probably be on your collateral. It should probably be part of your, you know, your, your uh, product release because 
that's what Snapchat audience is. It's a, it's about real active engagement conversations back and forth. So for me, I'm surprised if you would have asked me six months ago, I would have said there's not a chance Snapchat would would impact my live streaming strategy with brands that I use. But for me now, it's actually kind of that home for crowdsourcing and understanding my community so that when I do deliver a, a live stream or even a polished YouTube video, that I now have a better understanding of my audience. Most brands are not on Snapchat. We've done work with Applebee's, you and I. Um, we've done work with you know plenty of brands. That one in, in particular we've done together though. And they recently joined the Snapchat fold. Um, how can a brand like Applebee's, aside from you know who they are and and what they do, how do they grow their presence there without fully understanding how to create content? Because that's I think that's the challenge with many brands. They don't know how to create content on these. It's not as simple to them to just do it. You know, those are some of the things that I've preached to some of my clients where they're like, well, how do I create content for this platform and that platform? And I'll tell them it's no different than any other platform. Just create it. Um, of course, there's minor tweaks here and there. Like for Twitter, you need to keep it under 140 characters, but it's still go- you're still creating similar content that you would to Facebook. You just need to format it differently, right? So Snapchat is just taking live video or taking your YouTube video and formatting it differently. That's as simple as I can explain it. Well, how do you tell a brand just to do that? How do you tell them to do that? And so let's take Applebee's, for example. How do they go in and maybe someone's listening from the BTC team or or Applebee's. How do they go in and, and build this brand new account with zero followers? They just started. How do they create real content? No, I, this is a great question. I think this is probably, I mean, for your audience, I'm sure there's so many people right now that are completely on board saying, hey, this is the question I need to answer. And I think what we've figured out is that community and influencers, the way that we leverage them and the way that we understand them has to change. The limitations that I was talking about that inspire creativity, those same limitations now block old school easy marketing tactics, the old way of doing things, the idea of just paying a bunch of people, Beyonce and everybody else to talk about our brand. That's just, that's going to work. Those are the, those things are no longer working. Nobody's buying, drinking Pepsi. I call it the Matthew McConaughey problem, right? Nobody believes he drives a Lincoln. I don't care who you are. I but was I driving can, a Lincoln before I was paid to drive a Lincoln. Yes. We all know that he's not driving a Lincoln. But the, we would much rather hear from someone that is driving a Lincoln giving us their review. That's what's going to actually drive the person buying like it. Like LeBron so, and the Kia, right? I mean, correct. Like, come on. Maybe, give me a break. maybe he's got it in the stable somewhere, but... Yeah, just, owning just, it, just owning it, it and driving it, or even being a trusted... Just because you got out of your Range Rover to buy your, uh, you know, your, your, your Kia doesn't mean I, I'm going to take your advice on buying a Kia. But I, you know, for Applebee's, for a brand, I think takeovers is the new trend for influencer marketing. And, and I, you know, I'm an influencer that I've been very lucky to be hired as an influencer for many brands, IBM, SAP, Dell, very tech B2B spaces. And what I believe you do is you have to trust them and let them tell their story to their audience. But I think it's kind of this idea of how do you, how do you bridge audiences? And then also, how do you educate your audience where they're currently at and don't tell them what to do? I think every brand right now, if you're getting on Snapchat, you're saying, okay, I'm going to go on every channel and tell everybody, you have to go download, download Snapchat and you have to go download it to follow us. You know what every person's thinking on every one of those channels? Why? 
I already follow you. I'm already, you're already lucky I follow you because I don't follow very many brands and social media to begin with. Why? And I think we have to start with the why. And I say, like, if you have an email campaign, they say your email marketing, your email newsletter is killer. And I think email is still an amazing, amazing resource. Rather than going on there and saying, hey, we're on Snapchat, download Snapchat. Why don't you show your, the behind the scenes of you setting up the Snapchat account? And then the next email campaign, show in there uh, one of the 10 seconds clips that you guys are doing on Snapchat. And then the next email uh, newsletter say, just so you guys know, the, the head of um, marketing or our newest chef that's designing the next menu is actually going to do an open Q&A on Snapchat in a week. I uh, uh, can't wait to share with you guys the answers. Do you know what your audience is going to say? How, did I, how can I get involved in that? How do I follow you on that platform? So you don't have to tell them to go download something because we don't like being told to go get on another shiny object, especially by a brand. So I think it's about educating people on the experience that they'll receive when they're on that platform, and then working with people that your audience is already engaged with. So let's say Applebee's. Applebee's to me has one of the best Twitter accounts that there is across any brands. I mean, they tweet during the Pretty Little Liars TV show because they know they have a, a lot of their audience and followers are massive fans of that TV show. To me, that's genius. Just pure, utter genius. You know, the disclosures were both friends and have worked with the agency that works with Applebee's, but I can tell you I'm friends with lots of agencies that work oh, yeah. with lots of big brands, and I don't, I don't give them that same love and uh, kudos. But how about this, Applebee's? Have a Q&A and have a conversation on Twitter telling people, hey, I, I want, we're going to nominate, we're going to send a $100,000 gift card to your favorite Snapchatters. Give us your five favorite Snapchatters. Well, now Snap, Applebee's will now understand who your audience is listening to on Snapchat. Well, now watch those people's content. Why are my audience following that? Maybe it's because they're artists. Maybe it's because they're, they're younger, you know, pretty surfer boys that love you know, to be on there. Or maybe they're, they're getting access to films and um, uh, Broadway shows and such things. And then ultimately just reach out to them and say, hey, we understand the content you create. We want to partner with you. We want you to come take over our account, but we want to we make it sense to your audience as well. And I think when you do it that way, don't get on there and say, I want to I hire the top 10 um, you know, Snapchat artists, which means you know, DJ Khalid is going to be you know, uh, talking about eating at Applebee's. No, that's the wrong way of doing it. I think we come at it and start with your community up learn what your community is doing on there and then educate your other audience on its value and what you're doing there. You mold those th things together and then you do some collaborative takeovers with some influencers. I would not be surprised if it took less than 90 days for you to have a very valuable, engaged, targeted, let me repeat that, targeted uh, following on Snapchat with you know, just that effort. And I didn't say anything about, you know, I still believe you can put some paid social behind it. I believe you can do some campaigns around it. I mean, you and I got to work on, you know, my favorite campaign I've ever worked on, you know, ever was, you know, the, the taste, the change uh, with Applebee's and, you know, a billion impressions on a hashtag over that campaign. And the reason that was, is it wasn't just live streaming. It wasn't just social media. It wasn't just free appetizers. It was a menu change. It was a, a trust of their agency. It was, you know, you went and did Jason Derulo a month before to educate people on what was going on. You know, the whole thing came together. And I think brands can do a, a similar thing on Snapchat. And I, I can tell you, you do that today. Your brand will be an early adopter on there and you will find crazy value. You just have to really put in the effort and think beyond traditional KPIs, drive, you know, link grabs. I need an ROI. So I need to know how many screenshots I get. Let, let's think bigger. Let's think different. Which shout out to Applebee's, BTC, and I guess me and you, right? Because we were up for, or they're up for a shorty award. So that's kind of cool. Um, you mentioned influencers. And without diving deep into influencer marketing, if I'm a cynical brand, I'm saying, well, you just explained to me something that we could do with any other brand. 
why do I want to do influencer marketing on Snapchat? It, it, and something I've noticed, a shift that I've seen a lot of marketers talk about is influencer marketing. Is influencer marketing growing? Is that really the way that brands need to identify with their audience? Or is there another way for brands to do that without having to hire an influencer? Well, I mean, this is going to be hard, some hard truth. Um, nobody's getting on social media today and saying, what's my favorite brand posting? You know, even those of us that even love the Applebee's and I have, you know, I'm a Converse shoe wearing person. I drink Dunkin' Donuts. I'm Monster Energy, but I do not get on excited to see what they're posting on social media, right? This is the age we're living in. So we have to almost take a step back and say, what do we get excited about? What do we understand? And I think influencer marketing is going to have an entire new look. And the new look is it's going to look like your customers. Your influencers are starting to look like their customers. And guess what? Their social reach might even look like their customers, like your, your potential customers. Yeah. But the difference is the type of, I believe there's three types of influencers today. You have someone that has a large social reach or is a celebrity. You have someone that is an expert in that target field, industry, target um, niche. Or you have the third one that's a thought leader, someone that is established and has books and is speaking that has a very broad um, you know, authority on things. And understanding where the, that, all three of those are important, all three are different types. But I actually think you could probably target a Snapchat influencer or even you know, a live streaming influencer that has 1,000 or 1,500 followers. But by your research, you know that it's a trusted resource in your target audience. And you could get 100 people to buy your product, click on your link, or sign up for your webinar. Where if you went to someone that had 100,000 followers, but nobody, none of their followers actually had any direct relation with your brand, yes, they might give you 100 clicks or 200 clicks, but how many of them are targeted and actually would actually be buying or being your exact customer? I would question that. Um, I lost my train of thought. I had a specific question I wanted to ask you about that, but it's okay. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite brand kind of, I think I I'm going to call it an activation, but Taco Bell had reached out to some, some of their audience. And one of them was, uh, someone that we both know, Ben Phillips, uh, known as Figo Americano on Snapchat. And, you know, he was provided kind of early access or it appeared to be this early access. He was sent this green brick and he made an amazing story about the new Quesalupa. Is it Quesalupa? The Quesalupa launch. Um, And it built up so much excitement for, I don't, I mean, I'm not a Taco Bell eater, so like I can't even comment on it. Um, If you talk to Ben, he loves Taco Bell. Hold on. Let me, let me jump in here. This is the exact example. Oh yeah. This is a perfect Because you know what? Because if LeBron James was given that same um, access and product, you and I would not even have known it happened or cared or talked about it on the show. But because they gave it to somebody that has influence in our community, is connected with us, the guy eats Taco Bell twice a week, so I would look for him for advice on Taco Bell yeah. to begin with. Guess what? By giving that to someone like him who has a smaller footprint but has trust and influence with oh, his community, sure. people like you and I are now advocating and promoting it on your show. I talked about it on my live stream. And that is the new age of influence. That's why I said Ben Phillips is the same customer that walks in your door but he's an advocate that has that trusted bond by giving him it instead of the celebrity. You've now created us who could be influencing. We're probably influencing someone right now to stop by Taco Bell on the way home while they're listening to this podcast. And that to me is the new face of influencer marketing. You know, that was, that was one way of doing it where Taco Bell reached out to a few of their fans, fans. I mean, they they reached out to already rabid fans of the brand to create these stories. 
another way of doing it was what Coca-Cola did. I don't remember the exact person that did the takeover, like you mentioned, but there was no mention of Coca-Cola throughout the entire Snapchat story. I, I didn't even know I was watching a Coca-Cola story had I not clicked on the Coca-Cola account to watch it. And by at the very, very end, you know, the hook was like, grab a Coke or something, and the kid's drinking a Coke. And, but the whole story kept me so engaged. I was like, it was just a really good story. It was a really good, it was almost like watching a mini TV show, like a five-minute, you know, mini, whatever, mini TV episode. And I watched it until the very end. I watched every single snap. Um, and then at the end, I was like, damn, I really want a Coke now. And I, you know, I don't know if that's the typical response. I'm sure it is. I'm sure Coca-Cola is very smart in what they're doing. Uh, so we see these two different, you know, aspects of influencer marketing. Uh, and again, my question, what you know, that you answered was just trying to understand that, is this really the way brands are going to have to market? if they want to be on any of these new platforms or any platforms, any digital platforms we mentioned in last, you know, yesterday's episode, we mentioned um, about how teens don't want to see pre-roll ads. They'd rather see branded content. So there it is. Taco Bell did some branded content. Applebee's has done branded content. Um, Coca-Cola, Red Bull, GoPro, uh, you name it. The list goes on and on of brands that are using branded content to promote the brand, not just a, it's usually not even just a singular product, which I think is so different and so mind bending for some brand marketers to understand that it's not all, it's not about the latest and greatest, you know, product that you pushed out, but it's about the equity you put in that brand. Well, or even, even to the point where, you know, I believe, and that's the true essence of what Coke did there as well is if you were, if you were building your strategy out about the what, the what you're delivering, you're doing it wrong. Nobody cares about what. I'm an Apple iPhone lover, and I do not care that it's a new iPhone 7. I care about how and why it matters to me. What's the experience it's going to create? Why do I want to upgrade and pay the fee? And I think that's what you do in this new age of storytelling. If you focus like what Coca-Cola did was they focused on how and why your experience changed, and, and they told an entire story. And ultimately, the what was drink a Coke. But the, the, the way that the hook was, was you know, and I think this comes down to all kinds of new way of doing it. Like, I don't want to know what your new product is, but it, you know, one of the people uh, talked about um, UNICEF, right? UNICEF is doing a big Snapchat campaign and they're talking, you know, and lots of things with, you know, uh, fresh water and really what the fresh water, it's not saying like, hey, they need fresh water in, you know, a lot of these starving countries. We know that, right? But how do we get involved? Why should we care? And when you tell the story from that perspective, at the end of it, we already ready for that what because we already now are invested. But if you come at me with a what off the gate, we already are turning you out. We're unfollowing you. And it's a new age. Like I mean, before we were stuck on that TV channel because we couldn't even DVR. Now, if you would, if if, you have, if a TV show has too many commercials, what do we do? Hit the record button, go watch something else because we know we're just gonna fast forward and watch the show later. That is the new piece. So rather than doing that, integrate the how. I think the how and the why cannot be underestimated. That's why you know my philosophy with. Um, live streaming, Snapchat, even virtual reality is think like a fan. What access experience can you give your audience that they can't get anywhere else? And then ultimately, how you focus on the how and the why, the what is the easy part. Ryan, it's been a pleasure again uh, wrapping with you today about stuff that you are probably one of the most passionate people about. Um, you know, that FOMO, this, these new technologies, these new ways for brands to embrace their customer, 
Uh, I know we we had you on many many episodes ago because now we're in the 100s, which is crazy. But um, congrats! Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, we had you on talking about IBM employee employee advocacy early on. Now we're talking about brands and how they can engage their customers. Uh, I think I think we'll see a lot more of you on the podcast. I, I'm, I'm extending the invite anytime. Anytime, my man, would love to have you and talk about uh, this kind of stuff. The more you do, the more content I have, right? No, yeah, I love it. You know, and I, you know, thank you so much for having me on. And, and, you know, for the listeners here, you know, like, I believe, you know, I have a, a phrase that I call, we is greater than me. And what I mean by that is, you know, like, to be a great we, we have to be great individual me's. But, like, when we share what we learn, we connect people with uh, leaders and conversations that really impact our lives, that can help educate. Um, I think that's how we drive change. And so, like, you know, your podcast, I think, you're doing a great job of being in someone's ear. I think the podcasting experience is very intimate, but I also think it's up to us to be, to be, a, to be a great we. We also have to share this. And if you're finding value in this podcast, you're finding value in the things that you're doing. You have to not only bring other people in, but you have to share it. You have to let people know about it. So, you know, Enzo, thank you for sharing your audience with me and letting me bring, you know, my conversation, my lessons learned um, to your audience. You know, and my call to action to the audience is if you're getting value and you're doing things, Jump on there, give reviews, share it to social, because here's the thing. The more people that are understanding new mindsets, the better we will all be off because we all want the same thing. We all want better experiences, better relationships, better conversations, more productivity. And I think we have to share those things that are impacting our lives rather than just consuming it the old way and keeping it to ourselves. So thank you so much. And I plan on uh, blasting it out and sharing it across my channels. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And I will see you very soon. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Congrats on. I don't think I mentioned this yesterday or today at all. Congrats on the Shorty Nom. I know that you are a finalist in a category, right? I believe. Yes. Yeah. Periscoper of the year. Periscoper of the year. So congratulations on that. Happy to, uh, happy to be able to have you on the show as Periscoper of the year. I think that's an incredible uh, honor and hopefully a feat. You know, once you, once you accomplish it, depending, I have no idea. I have nothing. I have no involvement with Shorty Words, so I don't know will win but uh brian i know is is deserving of it so thank you again my friend and we'll talk soon cheers cheers this has been a vincenzo landino.com production thank you for listening if you enjoy the brand boost podcast please give us a rating write a review or subscribe head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe